Hello, and welcome to the Mindset Podcast, helping you maximize your performance. This is your host, Alex Muir, and in today's episode of our special guest series, we're going to be speaking with Dean A. Roberts. Dean is a TEDx speaker, author, and entrepreneur. And please welcome Dean A. Roberts to the show. And this episode is brought to you by RadioGuestList.com, the number one free radio guest podcast and talk show guest expert interview booking service on the internet. About, briefly about your book title, and then we're talking about your TEDx talk on gratitude. Can you delve into a little details on your uh, gratitude talk for TEDx? Well, I think gratitude is a, a, an elixir. It can solve most people's problems if they use it correctly because we North Americans, to almost to the person, are so much better off in so many ways than all of the people that have lived in history and most of the people that are alive on the planet right now. And people go on whining and complaining about the uh, really uh, first world problems. That, uh, and once you create a bad attitude, it's a whole chemical cascade towards unhappiness and depression. That's right. Yeah. Gratitude for me is uh, it's to it's to take it out of trouble. And um, you also uh, you also mentioned in your email that after reading Hardwired Happiness, that it really completely changed your perspective on life and you know towards gratitude. Can you delve into that a little bit? Well, I, I, it reinforced a lot of things that I had already known and worked on, but I think it made us specifically clear how repetition can actually rewire our parents and our schools and our, and our friends wire us when we're kids. And, and those are very deeply ingrained ways of being, perceptions. And some of them change hard or not at all for a lot of people. So uh, Rick, uh, I think it's Rick Hansen that wrote Hardwired Happiness, talks about repetition as the key to rewiring. And uh, I, that's what got me into Years ago, I, I sold insurance for a living before I got in business. And my sales manager told me to say, do it now, whenever I wasn't doing anything. I used to just be driving along, do it now, do it now, do it now. And it worked. But if, like most good things, or a lot of good things at that time in my life, I didn't keep, up, keep it up. Gotcha, but gotcha. That's what brought about this whole idea of repeating, pick it up, put it back, write it down, do it now, was I was reading an old copy, uh, a copy of Marcus Aurelius that I've been reading on and off for 40 years. And it was written right across the top of the page. Do it now, do it now, do it now. And I thought of that scene in 1963 and uh, how, how it worked, and then I quit it. And I started doing it again, and I noticed that well, I was picking stuff up. I was, I was crossing the street to pick up garbage, you know, that it, it just sort of re- changed the way I looked at um, things out of order, whether it's garbage on the street or a screw gun on my desk instead of in a shop. Interesting. Very interesting. And you said, so you also got some more ideas from Marcus Aurelius's book. And- oh, I read his, I got that first in early sixties and I've read it almost every day. Wow. Wow. So you use I, it, so you use it as like your kind of a uh, uh, reference guide. Well, a re- no, it's not a reference guide. It's a reminder guide. Reminder. I know what crap that he writes about. I've been reading it for so many years, but it's, you, you got to re- re- 
the skill of, of really controlling your life is to be able to remember things when you need it. Like I, I'm uh, out with friends and I'm stuffing food in my face. And I knew 50 years ago you should chew your food. So it's a question of being present enough to remember that when you're eating. And it's the same thing with remembering to uh, uh, keep perspective. So I, I use three books as a reminder every morning. They're in my, I have a sauna that I use every morning. And uh, Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Joe Goldstein's Insight Meditation, and Robert DeRope's Master Game. Those three books, more than any other that I've read, have been formative in my life. Wow. And Robert DeRoke, how do you spell that? It's like D-U-R-O-K-E? No, it's D-E capital R-O-P-P. Oh, DeRoke, yeah. Have you read Gurdjieff or Ospensky? No, no. Well, he comes out of that school of philosophy. I would strongly suggest that if you're interested in self-evolution, that both those authors are uh, important stepping stones. Gotcha. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm a, I'm a big reader and I listen to actually nowadays I've kind of transitioned. I, I, I used to read a lot of hard book or um, hard copy books or paperback. And now I've transitioned to podcasts, audiobooks, and then I read um, a newsreader and then I uh, get pre-curated um, uh, articles and blog articles relating to the fields that I want to learn. And right now, I really want to learn everything there is to know about podcasting and, and audio, audio learning. And so I'm really intrigued by that. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, look into those books that you, that you mentioned as well. Oh, the podcasting is such an incredible advance, oh. you know? Oh, it is. Any special interest that you have, and you can go back and listen over and over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a whole paradigm. Oh, it is. It is. And you're, and you're, you're gaining so much uh, value and wisdom from so many um, uh, guests, you know, that people have on their podcast. And that's why I love interviewing people because you, you basically, you're basically getting their whole, their whole book of life in like an hour or half an hour. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, Hey Alex, one key idea can change your life. If you can get it and implement it, if you get it at the right time, you know, timing has got a lot to do with um, uh, the way life comes out. And you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so um, it's exposing yourself to that kind of material on an ongoing basis. I listen to podcasts a couple hours a day usually. Whenever I'm driving, whenever I'm driving, I've got something on. And there's, it's incredibly new. Um, and valuable paradigm yeah yeah it's it's uh, to me it's like a new way of um getting educated because the biggest the biggest issue that i see with a lot of people that they they don't become successful or they don't get to that point where they're they they feel they're successful is they stop learning after high school they think after high school or college or university they're like, oh you know i got my learning out of the way and that it's done well that's not the case more than ever after you're done school you have to go do even more homework you have to do even more research into you know introspection and self-reflection and learning about yourself and how you learn and because sometimes coming out of university or school we have to relearn all over again because we did it because we were taught to do it a different way and that wasn't learning to our best strengths and to the best of our abilities so coming out of university you have to learn how to learn again in a way. Um, and I know for myself, I'm very visual and auditory learner. Um, I still need to read a lot. 
I still, but my, but my strong suit is through audio and through, uh, yeah, visuals. So. I had to, uh, I did very poorly in school. And by the time I was 16, I got thrown out of high school. And it wasn't until I, the second or third year of my 20s that I became interested in reading. And that was through, um, I became Catholic. My first wife was uh, Catholic. And to get get married, you needed to become Catholic or at least go to these pre-Canaan conferences. And that was the first time I really read for interest because I became very involved in that. And I uh, studied it like like a demon, you know. And that was it. I first in my whole, I didn't even read well when I got when I got out of school, and for the first time in my life, I found something I was really interested in reading, and that was the beginning. I mean, I, my wife and I spend an hour and a half, two hours every morning, reading to each other out of a bunch of different books. Right now, we're reading a book called Deep Work by Cal um, Newport. Newport. Yeah, yeah. And another one by. Um, uh, called The End of Depression by uh, Am- uh, Am- uh, Mark Amon. Mark Amon. Those are the kind of books we read on a regular basis. And it, it just, the more I learn, the, the, the uh, further into my, uh, the greater my perception of my own ignorance. Ah. So that's uh, lifelong learning, man. I'm going to be 81 this year. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And you're still you still working. You're still you still. Do you still have your health food store as well, the Green yeah, Earth? We have it, and I go there, but not that much. It's pretty well run by itself. Uh, it um, my wife's son and daughter were running it, and they're doing a pretty good job with it. This this uh, this uh, virus thing put a little bit of damper on it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and um, yeah, what what's your take? Because since you're eight, you're turning eighty one. You've you've been through it all. You've been through depression. You've been through the war. You've been through probably several other epidemics or pandemics, possibly. Um, So you've really. So what? What is your take on on what's going on right now with the pandemic? Like, I knew something like this was coming, especially for my generation as well. I'm only 27, but I have been through SARS, and I didn't really understand it because I was so young. I was only when SARS was coming about. I think I was only. I would have been, I don't know, 10 to 12 or 12 to 16 or something like that around that range. And then I did go through the 08. Yeah, that was kind of a recession or a depression in 2008. But that's pretty much what I've been through. But yeah, tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, your feelings on this pandemic and how, you know, how you how you and your family are coping with it and what you, what advice you give to our listeners. I, I, I think that I've stayed home. I haven't really gone in because... Um, I, I use it for an excuse as much as anything else. I really like being home. We have, uh, we live out in the country, and I've got a workshop and a, you know, a lot of a lot of convenience around here. I I don't know, you know. I think that uh, I look at Taiwan or Sweden, and they're taking a totally different approach, and I don't know that they're any worse off. But what I really see as much more important than this pandemic is this is going to be final. Uh, thumb in the balloon, a uh, pin in the balloon that we've lived recklessly financially for years. The, the national, the federal national debt, the student debt, the mortgage debt, the corporate debt. We are at an unprecedented level of debt in all categories. And I think that this is going to be the pin in the 
going to have a uh, catastrophic financial change that could happen start tomorrow or they could maybe drag it out for a couple more years. But no country or no person or no entity can continually create more debt. At some point, they yeah, correct. Yeah. When the chickens comes to roost and uh, yeah, and then people won't be prepared because it's going to be so large scale, right? I yeah, I'm just glad I live in a country. I would, I don't know how the. I'm not going to be shooting people coming down the driveway. You know, a lot of people around here talk about arming themselves and everything, but um, I don't know. I really don't know if it would even be a defensible place to live. I we're right across the street from the police station down at the store, and it's we have a, a twenty-six thousand square feet. There's a lot of room in an apartment and everything, so I'm thinking I might wind up living there and. Uh, yeah, giving the taking care of the policemen across the street and their families and the firemen, and uh, we could live off the inventory for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, that's an extreme example, and I think it's a very unlikely, uh, very unlikely thing. But hey, look around the world. I mean, things like this are going on, and people are living really bad in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, no, they are, and especially, especially in the. Uh like Africa or parts of Europe, like they just don't have the same access to uh, medicine or being able to get, you know, do trials for medicine right? Um, and vaccines. So it's, it's much more complicated in other parts of the world for sure. Um, but uh, I know that, uh, you know, with the help of, you know, from North America, I know we can, we can definitely help out a lot of people in other underprivileged parts of the world. Yeah. I know we, you know, I know, I know as hard as, as hard as the situation it is for all of us, North America, I feel definitely there's definitely things that we can do. We have some of the brightest minds um, in all of the world, and and knowing that that we have some of the brightest minds, we got to use that those minds for the for the greater good, right? I absolutely. I think it's a responsibility of the gift, and but I think that probably the the most important issue in anybody's life is to learn how to manage themselves, how mm-hmm. to take care of themselves, and how to create uh, a, a resilience and a strength of, of personality where they're not getting mad, where people don't get depressed and they don't get upset about things or hold grudges or be angry or act out of anything except gratitude and kindness. And that's, I think that there's, and it, it's a, it's a long course because as you go, it's like going up a hill, the further you get, the higher you get, the further you can see the, the what's needed to continue, you know, and right. that self-training is um, that the Gurdjieff that I mentioned before, his got a very, he, his work got me interested in, or got me looking at life that way, that I have this opportunity and all of the experiences of my life to respond in a, a wholesome, grateful, kind way. And to and and to practice that, no matter how difficult or how um, gruesome the situation might be. That's why right. I'm sorry, I wasted time talking about depression. I don't even know why I started that. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, it is it is very trending topic though, because the the relationship between depression and mindfulness, and how the reason why so many. Uh, a lot more people in the world are depressed or feeling down and out is because um, reactive mindset, 
Um, they've been building a reactive mindset over a period of years. And um, I myself, I went through, you know, I went through that when I was in financial services industry. It was really high stress. And it turns out it wasn't my right fit. It wasn't the right uh, career path uh, that I chose at the time. Um, and the, what helped me cope and get out of that and transition to something that was more of a fit for my personality was uh, mindfulness and meditation. And I can't stress it enough, like how much it's impacted my life and and how it's it, like they say, like it, every time you meditate, it, you're you're rewiring your brain um, to to be more neutral and more present and in the moment and not as reactive to what's going on around you. So well said when I said depression, I was talking about a financial depression. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but, they, but that was, that's how that's how it starts, though, right? Like financial depression comes from a very large, um, you know, group of people either being fearful or greedy, right? One of the two. So, um, well, yes, I think it is mismanagement and um, recklessness, and not taking the time to um, understand the consequences of their acts. Yeah, yeah. And short, it, politics is a short-term business. Everybody's they can't see any further than the next election. Most, yeah. most people involved, and that's uh, they make decisions based on the wrong. Mm-hmm. That's where we got where we got. But I, I agree, hundred percent. Reactive reaction, choosing our reactions rather than having them. Yeah, yeah. And then um, much of your success you attribute to scalability, your gift to scalability. Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit on that? Because for your manufacturing business that you said that was your, that was what's you know set the stage for your uh, your career and your and your life, um, or a big part of it. And oh, yeah, what? Because through through um, money's great if you got enough. Uh, having enough is uh, I think almost a, uh, as important for the spiritual work as anything else. Because if you're worried about the rent and what you're going to have for supper and all of that, it's really difficult to focus on uh, self-improvement. So I think that's something to establish a, a, a financial base that's at least uh, for your that that coincides with your taste. And I did that. I, and Think and Grow Rich is a book that I read and reread and read over and over again. And I really have to attribute the success that I had in manufacturing to that book and to the and then. Uh, gathering around a group of people that were involved and, in, and equally interested in the well-being of the company. It's hard to do things alone. You know, you need to have a, you need to have a group of uh, collaborative uh, people that collaborate on a common purpose. And I was real lucky with that. I, I had, I heard some good people. I treated them as partners. You know, it was our thing. It wasn't just mine. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, like the collaboration and having the right key people is, is what, yeah, is what makes you successful. Like, uh, cause you can't do it alone. Like, like you said, like, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm still in the early stages of my own, uh, online business and I'm still got a lot to learn, but I feel like every time I work on it, I get a little bit closer and closer to how I want it to evolve over time. And I've been starting to meet some key people that I know I'll be, you know, needing help from in the future because they have their strengths that can help with my business and which aren't, which aren't necessarily my strengths, but, um, but I've always been fascinated with the marketing aspect of my business. And that's why I love podcasting because it's another way for you to have people, you can make those connections, build relationships as well through audio um, and then continually get to know, 
you know, your guests um, and see what they're up to and books that they're writing. And um, it's just another great way to build business relationships as well. And, and then if, you know, down the road in the future, you could, you could easily be like, Oh yeah, I had, uh, I had so-and-so on my podcast and, uh, and then, you know, they're doing this, this, and this, it's just, it's so incredible. Um, it's really a great way to meet people. And if you, you listen to some of the major like Tim Ferriss or Dave Asprey, and they're all the time. Dave, uh, just today, I heard uh, um, Tim Ferriss say that 25% of the people that he has on his show, he met through a newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. This networking and- is a very important aspect of, of, of getting, getting uh, um, what the most out of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned Dave Asprey. That's the, uh, the Bulletproof, Bulletproof brand, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy is a very interesting guy as well. He's very similar to Tim Ferriss, like with their fascination with, um, right, maximizing performance. And his, he's all about brain performance, a yeah. lot of his research. And I find that very fascinating. And that's actually a big part of my own brand is I'm trying to, I call it mindset, mindset, like your mind and a bicep, right? Because you work, you work your body and you're working your mind. And then you work your mind and then it's improving your body. Um, like they go, both go hand in hand. So that's why I came up with that name. Um, it, yeah, yeah. And it was originally the will to win podcast, but I found out later on that someone else already has that name. So I'm just like, no, I, I got to change my name. So I changed yeah. it to mindset and, uh, it's all about maximizing your performance. And that's why the guests that I have on, I, I can find, you know, just based on your stories that you've been telling me, uh, on, on this interview, like, you know, anyone that I have on, I always find, uh, golden nuggets of wisdom that tells me how and our, and our listeners how they how you and other people have maximized their performance and and gotten better at what they do. So, I give you a couple of lines that I picked up very early in my career, and I've referred to them over and over. Ayn Rand said she wrote the Atlas, Atlas Shrug and a bunch of other books. She said, "Live to the limit of your knowledge and expand your knowledge to the limit of your life." Wow. And that had uh, it, it, it comes to my mind often, you know, because I I diligently study a couple hours a day because I'm just interested in so many different things. And another one that was from a poem called "The Cremation of Sam McGee," and um, he said, "A promise made is a debt unpaid." And I felt that's a life skill that I've tried to stand by. If I tell somebody I'm going to do it, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. And um, and that includes being on time or any sort of a personal commitment that you make. And that's why write it down is so important. You know, I don't speak idly. If I'm going to do something, if I tell somebody I'm going to do something or decide I want to do something myself, I write it down. And I refer to that. I have a, 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 that, a thing on my cell phone where I change the list every day or two and cross things off as I do them. And those two lines... A debt unpaid, a promise made is a debt unpaid. It still gives me ghost pimples. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very powerful statement. And that's, that's, yeah, that's one of the hardest parts is like you make a promise, you got to be able to keep it, right? Absolutely. And be judicious about who you promise and what. Don't just casually say, oh, I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do that. Realize it's a real serious, uh, well, to me, it's a serious anyway it's a serious commitment. So I don't do it casually. Like I say, I'm going to be there at three o'clock. If I can get somebody to agree between three and three thirty, I'll do that. But if I say three o'clock, I'll be there at two forty-five. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm not, I can call the undertaker and find out when the services are. Right. Right. 
No, that yeah, that's 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 so so true. So there's a couple lines. There's a whole a whole bunch of in my in my blog. I I usually pick up a line of somebody either my, something I thought of, or something I read from somebody else, and then I write a, a short ten or twelve line poem about it. And there's a, probably a thousand of them on my on my blog, and I send out a um, uh, an email every three four days, which I'm going to bring it down to every other day, with uh, a thought on. Uh, some aspect of of understanding and living well on the planet Earth. And then um, another question I have for Redeem was, what is your, you know, from a holistic nutrition standpoint, because of your health food store and your experience with that over the years, what does your diet look like? Is it, um, do you still eat, you know, meat and chicken or do you still have, are you do primarily a plant-based or vegan or? Yeah, primarily plant-based. Occasionally, I'll have some um, uh, chicken or beef, but I think that, um, and only organic, uh, local. I know the people. If I eat beef, I, I I know where the cow came from. You know, they these people are biodynamic. They're even a, a step above, because these commercially fed and treated animals are very very unwholesome to eat. And I think there's a certain psychic damage that you do to the, the world by partaking in that. These poor creatures are treated so incredibly bad. Um, I, 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 you know, I think that a balance of exercise and enough sleep and, and hydration with good water and or, at, at least organic food, that's a low bar. What I, we have a pretty good-sized garden here. And that's when you know you're getting really good food when you go out and pick it and either eat it or cook it. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And uh, what kind of, uh, what does your training look like? You mainly do body weight or you do a mix of body weight? I have a very simple weightlifting routine and I do. I, I practice yoga uh, once a week. I used to do it every day, but I've, um, that's kind of got down to once a week. I do uh, a lot of calisthenics every day. And every other day I either row or lift weights. And um, that keeps me fairly fit. I've been, I haven't lost much in the, in the, in the dropping the yoga back for once a week in terms of flexibility a little bit, but I think that I, you know, it's worth the, I never seem to have enough time to do what I want to do. So I've been trying to keep the whole exercise routine within an hour a day. Yeah. 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 And I, I can completely relate to that. I've actually really shifted up my routine um, because, because my gym closed like mid March yeah. I've been basically just doing body weight training and what I'm trying to do, because, you know, as you know, the human body just adapts so quickly to the same exercises that you're feeding it. So you got to really challenge it and body weight training. It can be very challenging, but you just have to mix up your moves. So I've been really trying to work my way up to doing uh, handstand pushups like against the wall. So oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 And then one arm pushups, uh, pistol squats, that's one-legged pistol squats where you just, you know, you put out one leg and you're just like you're doing a regular squat. Um, yeah. So there's certain moves I'm I'm better at right now, but and then there's other moves that I have to work my way up to again. So a modified version of doing the, um, the, the, the wall stand like push-up is, yeah. is, is doing the pike, pike push-up. So that's where you're like, you're really close. Your hands and your legs are really close to one another. And then you're yeah. like, you're going down, like you're, you know, you're, you're doing like a wall stand, um, right. or a handstand push up. 
So it's like a modified version of it. And that's what I'm working on right now. And I'm going to work my way back up to doing, yeah, the handstand pushups. Cause it's just so good for your shoulders, your arms, your back, um, you know, and it's, and it, and it takes some serious strength to do. So it'll take me, you know, that just doing that progression alone will take me a few weeks to get, to get up to that point or a month could be more. Um, yep. but it's just, it's so powerful. Like what we can do with our body with just, just body weight training and no weights. Here's so a thing that maybe you can really utilize. Um, I read a lot a long time ago about isometric contractions mm. and I, I formed the habit and I, whenever I'm sitting, I put my legs out, bring them. This, I got this thing that I do over and over all day. I, it, it, that's a specific training, but even when I'm sitting, when I'm talking to you, I'm stretching my arms out and tightening them up and loosening them. I, I keep uh, motion is important to any kind of fitness, but this isometric thing, you can maintain a pretty pretty good level of, of fitness without doing anything except that, and it it's and you're doing something else anyway. You know whether you're driving. When I drive, I usually also, I put it on cruise and I uh, walk, like walking. You know, up and down with my legs all the way to for a half an hour, half an hour trip to where the store is. And there's a lot of things like that you can fit into other activities that can help you because motion you don't want if i sit then i want to stand or i'm push, popping my legs out that if you get, you get that mindset and it can help you your whole life yeah yeah no for sure you're always always force your your mind to do movement when you know when you're even if you're trying even if the the, the action is somewhat static try and use some sort of movement to do that like when i was working in produce like I was reading this uh, uh, book on building abs, and uh, one thing that they said is try and uh, reinforce, yeah, any sort of movement into what you're doing. So if you're lifting a box, make sure you're doing a squat or a deadlift motion. Right. If you if right. you're so just that's kind of stuck with me ever since I was in produce because that's when I was reading that book. Um, but yeah, it it works. It's so simple, and I get you. And because I've been doing it for so long, you do it on autopilot, right? So. And then just like, yeah, like I'm sitting on it. I, I don't use a normal office chair. I use an exercise ball. So that helps as well with the, the ab contractions. So it's really, really handy for that. So just, just little, little things that people don't really realize, right? That can make a big difference for our physique and our overall uh, well-being. Good health, good health is a, a thousand small decisions. Yep. And, and, the, yeah. and the most powerful ingredient of good health is knowledge. You need to keep studying because there's so many, like intermittent fasting, you know, that's something that I've only heard of the last couple of years. And I've been doing it uh, routinely now. I, I, I try to eat within a four to six hour window. Yeah. And I've had a weight problem my whole life. I mean, a managed weight problem. I'm 140 pounds, but I've been 220 already way back when I was young. And this has been such a, a gift to weight management for me over the last year. I pretty much eat anything I want as much as I want for four or five hours a day. Wow. And, and no problem, man. I mean, I just, I can, I just, I get on a scale every day anyway, because it's a lifelong habit and I'm not going to get fat again. That's (laughs) (laughs) yeah. 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 No, for sure. And like the, I've, I've experimented as well with the intermittent fasting and it, it works. It works very well. Um, I find that more challenging than doing a full day fast. I actually, I actually, I've also experimented with it. That's another form of intermittent fasting, but it's basically doing 24 to 48 hours with no food, just water, oh, tea, yeah. or coffee. And that's actually worked wonders for me. Like anytime I feel I'm overindulging or 
I'm eating too much and my appetite's just, you know, I just feel like I'm like, just like feeling ravenous and just like super hungry a lot. Then what I'll do to, to reset my appetite is I'll do a 24 to 48 hour fast, usually just 24 hours. Cause it just completely resets my metabolism and my, uh, my gut. So, but it works very, very well. Um, and I've been doing it on and off for the last like three or four years, but it's definitely helps to, uh, you know, keep the weight down. Um, I'm 185 right now, but I would want to get down to like, you know, 177 to 178. I've got a decent amount of muscle on me right now, but I want to be a little bit leaner. So, and doing the fasting really, really helps with that. Yeah. I uh, also fast occasionally, a 24 hour fast because it gives your body a chance to go into other processes, uh, revitalizing processes when it's not processing food anymore. Yeah. And I, that's the big theory behind this whole intermittent fasting and why it's so healthy. Yeah, it's the it's the detoxification principles behind it. Um, it's giving your giving your body the time to like repair even more because most of the time when you're just eat when we're eating and weightlifting and training, we we we're, we're just repairing the muscles, but we also need to be repairing the the you know the, our digestive system as well. So from all the excess food or you know all or you know if we have a combination of good food and bad food, it just helps mitigate the 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 excess food or the or the bad food as well. So. Absolutely. Another another health key that um, I've read a lot about. You ever listen to Rhonda Patrick, Doctor Rhonda Patrick? She's got a podcast. That no, no, but I've heard of her, and she. I think she's, she's yeah. She's, she's great, and she talks a lot about saunas and cold, cold and hot challenge. You know, uh, resiliency. And I've had a sauna at different periods. I have one in my bedroom, and. Uh, for years, I had done it quite often. But she said that uh, people that take four to seven saunas, this is a long-term 50 or 60,000 person study in Scandinavia, that uh, their chances of Alzheimer's dementia was 65% less than people that didn't use uh, any kind of uh, cold, hot um, training. So uh, that's one message that I could send out to anybody. And if they got any question about it, go to Roger Patrick's uh I forget the name of her. You can find that easy enough. But she really goes into detail about all the reasons why that's so good and so many studies that she found it. Because that, I'd, I'd rather be dead than be have some kind of head rot where you didn't know where you were. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm really going out of my way to do everything I can to uh, um, hold that one. But, you know, And I do have, I, I've noticed I do have a certain amount of memory loss. But that write it down. That's where that really comes in handy. I never walk, I'm never anywhere without a pen or paper. That oh. other little cards that I carry empty on my phone, and write it down. You know, if you think of it, or you say you're going to do it, or even as far as going from something from the house over to my office, which is in another building, I won't try to remember it. I'll write it down. That, that you don't forget. But there's another benefit to that too. Remembering takes energy. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when you say, oh, I got to do that, I gotta... don't don't worry about remembering it. Write it down at any age. It's a it's a it's a it's a very good personal management technique. Yeah, it keep, keeps you on pace and on task to what you want to get done during that day. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is your uh, last thing before we go today? Because I got another interview in the next 10 minutes here. Um, what uh, what time do you usually wake up every day? Is it like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 430? Three thirty or four usually. Wow! Wow! Okay, yeah. that's that's the earliest that I've heard. Holy smokes! 
Well, I'll tell you that there's people have certain uh, personal circadian rhythms, you know, yeah. and they're, it's really important you find out what yours is because if you're, if it's if yours is like mine, but you're going to bed at one o'clock in the morning and trying to sleep till eight or nine, it it really is it's it's very hard to overcome that. It's like it's like in like the color of a color of your eyes. So um, I it just I naturally fell into it. I if we're on vacation or wherever we are, man, I say eight thirty, eight o'clock, I sign off, and um, so that so I get up and I uh, have some coffee. I, I um, do some writing and then I finish off my emails and my wife gets up about six and then we, we read together and then I take a sauna and things are pretty well laid out. And that's what I really like about this quarantine thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have these, uh, you know, distractions. Like yeah. Well, I mean you do, but, but you can still be, you can still keep your, uh, regimented routine. Right. I think that on the morning rule the day, that's another one that hel- helps me a lot. On the morning, rule the day. Yeah, yeah. Sets you up for a for a for a um, a full, you know, puts you puts you on track to do what you want to do for that day. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thanks for joining us today, Dean. Really appreciate your time. Gained some uh, awesome value and some golden nuggets from you today. And I definitely want to have you back on in the future. Um, and and to delve a little bit more into uh, yeah more of your business uh, entrepreneurial background and experience and uh, we'll definitely have you on as a guest in the future as well. Yeah, stay in touch. I thought it was a really good inter- interview. For sure. And then uh, how can before you go, how can we find you and what's and what what platforms are you active on? I know you mentioned you do quite a bit of writing, so uh, just so our I, listeners know, I have a blog. Okay. And it's uh, Boneyard Express. Uh, it's uh, boneyardexpress.blogspot.com but the thing they could do to get in touch with me is go to deanaroberts.com I've written three books and they're all available for free there and especially just pick it up put it back write it down do it now I, I, I have to recommend that to anybody that's on some kind of a path of personal development because it's a real strong tool pick it up put it back write it down do it now deanaroberts.com Right on. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Dean. You take care. See you around. All right. Bye for now. I hope you all enjoyed this special guest series episode brought to you by RadioGuestList.com. Again, this is your host, Alex Muir. And if you'd like to learn more about kind of what I do and this podcast, Mindset Podcast, Um, You can check me out on my social media. I always post all my links of my social media in every episode that I post. And I share all my posts, uh, my podcast posts on my LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So you'll be able to check out the podcast links on there. So if you want to connect with me, get to know me, I will be answering messages on there um, if you have any questions. And again, if you want to hear more episodes like these or if you have any feedback, please let me know. Uh, in uh, on social media you can send me a message or you can uh, yeah feel free to follow my uh, podcast and uh, be sure to you know keep keep checking in and see what I'm what I'm up to I really appreciate everyone that listens to my podcast and uh, hope you guys all enjoyed and see y'all next time take care